plenty happening in the round ball game as well. A-League in full swing, three weeks into the season in both the men's and the women's. Champions League overnight, more to come in match day four of six of the group stage. Plenty happening in the EPL as well. So uh, I thought I'd bring in our next guest to chat all about it. He is football expert and writer. He's one of our friends here on the program. James Renton is with us Is with us this afternoon. Hello, James. Good afternoon, Matt. Thank you very much for having me on. Thanks for jumping on the show. Uh, now, the A-League season so far, it's been a really good one. Three weeks in and the glory. They finally get their first win. What did you think? Yeah, look, I think, well, first of all, on the A-League, I think it's been a, uh, a pretty good start, you know, in terms of uh, you know, quality football, uh, some big moments and some pretty controversial talking points. Um, we've had it all, and uh, basically that's what we as fans, you know, want from this league that, uh, you know, we treasure so much. Um, but uh, on the Perth Glory, uh, it was a really important win uh, for Alan Stadge's side against the Mariners last season's champions, uh, 2-0 at home. Um, look, performance-wise, Alan said so himself in the press conference post-game that it probably wasn't at the level that it needed to be, uh, given that we had some, I would say, decent performances against Newcastle uh, and Wellington. Uh, it wasn't our best performance overall, but you know, when the push came to shove, Glory were clinical. They took their chances. Uh, the Mariners couldn't hit a barn door from 10 paces. They created plenty of opportunities, uh, but they just couldn't put it away. So... I think they're missing uh, someone like Jason Cummings. Uh, but yeah, a really important win for the glory, especially given uh, that their next three games will be very difficult ones mm. uh, away from home. What were your thoughts on Cameron Cook coming in for Ollie Sailing goals? A big surprise. A big surprise. Um, I was at the, uh, at the Brisbane, uh, where a lot of the glory fans uh, tend to go uh, ahead of the match day. Uh, and there was a, a sense of surprise around when the team sheets came out and uh, Cameron Cook was in uh, and Ollie Sale was on the bench. And I think most would agree that it was the right decision. Um, you know, Ollie Sale is an off-season recruit um, and one of our biggest signings, so to speak. Um, and we can, all, we can all understand that the move from Wellington to Perth was always going to be a very challenging one, especially given the uh, position that, you know, he needs to take as the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the facts remain. You could say that he's been at fault for half of the goals that we've conceded. Um, we, we should be expecting more from a player that has represented um, his country on a number of occasions. Uh, and as for Cameron Cook, he was outstanding. I would say he was uh, probably the man of the match. Um, you could see the Shed were uh, delighted to have him back in between the sticks. I think they were singing his name for about 75% of the game. But... Uh, you know, it was really important for, for Cameron Cook to have a big game after such a big decision from Alan Stadich. But, you know, Cook repaid the faith of Stadich. And, uh, you know, we will need to see another big performance from Cameron Cook because the Western Sydney Wanderers, they'll be, um, I believe, wanting to have a pretty big performance uh, at home in front of their fans when we take them on on our Saturday afternoon. Yeah, so Perth, during this game, they played quite a counter-attacking style. Do you expect that they will continue to play like that throughout the season or do you think they'll go to a more possession-based game? I think in the context of the game against the Mariners, it was, I believe, the intention of Allen to use counter-attacks to to break down the Mariners because, you know, there's a lot of speed within um, our forward players uh, and from deeper positions, you know, we have players like Oliver Bazanek and uh, Jordano Colley that can make those 
uh, longer range passes to the advantage of uh, our, for, our forward players. But I think looking long term, I think Stadge would rather have the team uh, control the ball a bit more. Um, I think we gave the, the ball away um, way too cheaply uh, over the game. Uh, and I think once some of the you know the senior players that you know have been out for injury, you know the likes of Mustafa Amini, Aaron McInef, uh, and when also the likes of um, you know Bruce Kamau and Sivan Khalifa at full fitness, the theory is is that we should see the glory control games a little bit better. Um, I think Stage will want to try to find that balance between you know playing quick, fast, and direct football. Yeah, that that first goal from Stefan Kolakowski was an excellent example of how to counterattack. But I also think he would want the team to show that sense of variety and balance to keep the ball and really, especially at home, put teams under pressure. How much will they miss Bazanich and Carluccio in the Western Sydney Wanderers game? And, and what are your thoughts on those two not being able to play? Um, I think in, re- in regard to the loan agreement where uh, neither Oliver Bazanich or Jared Carluccio will be able to play, you know, that's fair. We've seen that. Um, in the A-League over the years, for example, with uh, you know, Danny De Silva, um, when he was on loan, he couldn't play. I believe it was against uh, the Mariners um, when he was with Sydney FC. So, you know, that can happen. Um, but in relation to how big of an, an impact there will have uh, Oliver Zanuck and Jared Coluccio not being in the team, I think it'll be a huge out um, when already we are missing a few key players already. Uh, I think with Coluccio, look, he's been positive um, with his work rate, you know he's been getting up and down. He's been, you know, trying everything. His end product probably hasn't been there just yet, but even still, he does play an important role, particularly when we don't have the ball. Oliver Bazanek is huge out. He's played that Neil Kilkenny role of dictating the the play from deeper positions very well. So it will place a lot of uh, responsibility on someone like G. Collie to to really flex his muscles and show what he can do because this will be his moment. Uh, unless we can see perhaps Mustafa Amini make a return or maybe even Aaron McInnes, depending on where he's at with his calf injury. But, uh, you know, there'll be two big outs and it'll just make this game against the Wanderers a little bit more of a challenge. OK, we are speaking to James Renton here on Sports Drive this afternoon. What sort of finals hopes do the Perth Glory have, James? Uh, I think it's still probably too early to say. Uh, and I would lean back on what I said a few weeks ago. Um, I think they are capable. Uh, but at the same time, implementing a new system with the players that we have, um, it can take time. You know, these things are a process. But, you know, having said that, you know, if the Glory can make one or two signings, particularly an attacking midfielder, maybe someone like Marco Mancosu, who the Glory were having a look at uh, last year, unfortunately that deal didn't go through. But for someone on a short-term deal, I believe the Italian midfielder would be an excellent signing. You know, if anyone from Perth Glory is listening, we may as well go and sign an attacking midfielder because plenty uh, of fans have raised that, you know, at the creative attacking midfield position, uh, we've not got um, enough cover there. And that could be, I believe, uh, the difference between the Glory potentially making or missing the finals. What about for the girls? They're off to an absolute flying start. 3-0. and uh, I mean, undefeated... They had a, just a great win against Canberra on the weekend, 3-2. It was a hoodoo that was broken. What are your thoughts on them? They've been outstanding. And, uh, you know, this has been coming for some time, these level of performances. Um, for those that have been following, you know, Alex Aparkas and his journey with uh, the Glory women's team ever since he took over in 2020, 
He's been slowly building a very good side. Um, I was at the game against Newcastle. I thought they were pretty impressive. Uh, and their win against Canberra, look, it would probably be uh, their highlight of the season, given you know how you mentioned that their luck in Canberra uh, has been pretty unfortunate. Uh, it was a super game. Super game. Uh, a little bit different to how their uh, first two games were, where you know, it was almost like a shootout. But um, you know, at this moment, the glory is showing some very strong credentials uh, as to why they could potentially be uh, making a return to the finals for the first time since the 2018-19 season. What do you think has been the key to their early season success? That's a good question. Uh, for me, I think there's a, a couple of factors. I think, like I said before, Alex has been he's been slowly building a really good team um, while also improving, I guess, the tactical organisation of how the team plays. Um, the Glory are a really difficult team to beat. Uh, you know, it took to round three for them to... Uh, concede goals. Up until that point, they've kept two consecutive clean sheets. Uh, and they've also shown that uh, they can get a goal at almost any moment. Uh, and they're sort of giving me uh, vibes of uh, Jose Mourinho's treble winning Inter Milan side, where you know that team was very strong defensively, but also ruthless on the attack. So Alex is building a really good team. I think his recruitment has been outstanding. Consistency will be the big challenge. Uh, later on in the season, but so far it's been a really promising start. Mm. Uh, now, James, let's just turn our attention to a more broader scale. Uh, what do you think of Football Australia introducing this second-tier competition into the league uh, for 2025, it looks like, and, and how do you think it'll all work? Yeah, I think this has been one of the biggest talking points of Australian football for some time, even well before I was born. You know, the notion of having promotion and relegation um, for you know, Australia's professional football leagues. Um, it's an intriguing time for football in this country. Um, and it's good that we're now close, albeit we are a few years away, um, from seeing the final product. And, you know, of course, there have been delays, but I'd rather that they would push the date back to make sure that this was absolutely uh, the best uh, league that they can make because it will be a challenge. Um, I think there are still some important questions that you know Football Australia need to answer uh, in terms of you know broadcasters, um, how it will link with uh, the uh, A leagues and NPL competitions, uh, and just ultimately um, how it will look like. Um, I think we've got a little bit of uh, an idea in terms of the potential teams that could be involved. You know, teams like. Uh, South Melbourne, Marconi, Sydney Olympics, Sydney United, um, you know, those are all clubs that have got a rich history um, in their respective NPL competitions. But, you know, for us WA football fans, we like to know, okay, when can we see potentially WA teams enter the fray? Because, you know, let's say, for example, Perth Glory do get relegated uh, to the second division. Um, There's not much WA football representation across the two leagues. So, um, there are plenty of questions for the Football Australia to answer, but I'm sure over the next few months um, we will get some, some clear answers. Now let's just take a quick look internationally before I do let you go, James. Uh, we'll start with the EPL. Hench Postacoglu, what's happening? His first loss in the league, 1-4. They went down to Chelsea. What's happening? Um, first of all, I think it was an incredible contest between uh, his Tottenham side and Chelsea. Uh, and uh, you know, 
a lot of people commented about you know the red card and the scoreline, but I think a bigger talking point was how Ange kept the players adhering to his principles even when they were down to nine men. Um, it looked pretty scary how how high their uh, defensive line was at times, especially in the second half. But ultimately, I put that down to Ange testing how far you know his players. Uh, would go in following him. You know, when the chips are down and you're down to nine men, will you keep playing his brand of football? You know, Ange is pretty stubborn. He's not the kind of guy that would want to park the bus. His sides, if you've taken a look at his teams over the years, especially uh, last year when, or I think it was a couple of months ago, when his Celtic side went toe-to-toe with uh, Real Madrid. Yes, they lost, but they still went toe-to-toe because that's how much Ange believes within his principles. Uh, and with his Tottenham side, the scoreline was pretty ugly. It could have been even more ugly. But, again, I think that was more of a psychological test from Ange to see how far his players would go. And I think he would have learnt quite a fair amount uh, from that game. And, look, a loss isn't the end of the world. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, it just, a disappointing result. But there's definitely some positives to come out of that game. And what did you think of the Champions League results from overnight in the group stage? Yeah, I think most of the results we expected. For example, Atletico Madrid beating Celtic at home. Um, we expected probably a bit of a comfortable result from, from Atletico Madrid. They're a very good team. Um, Dortmund, I thought they were pretty good against Newcastle. AC Milan, very good game against PSG. Uh, and uh, we also saw uh, a surprise uh, in Group H with uh, Shakhtar Donetsk beating Barcelona 1-0. And just to give a bit of context, it's not as if Shakhtar... Uh, are leading the Ukrainian Premier League. They're fourth. So a huge win for them, but uh, it's been another uh, really good week so far in the Champions League, and hopefully uh, it can continue with the next set of games uh, tomorrow morning. Hopefully so. James, a big thanks to you for jumping on the show today. Good to be with you, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. There it goes. James Renton here on Sports Drive this afternoon. Football expert and writer. A big thanks to him for stopping by on today's program.